This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. Hold on, check me, boo. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer. And today, I am very excited to be joined by a fellow podcaster, a funny friend of mine, the host of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Ryan Bailey, hello. How are you? Good. What's up, mentioners? Mention Nation. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a we don't I have a fan a fan army name, but mentioners. I, me- I like mention that. It, the all inners. I don't know. Yeah, any of those would be great. Actually, the 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 Hafers. I mean, do we go personal? Do we? That do we feels use your name? a little. It feels a little too close to home. Like, because if my fans <laughs> get out of control, I don't want my name to be. You know, if the <laughs> yeah. mention. If the mentioners are getting canceled, that's on them. But if like the Hafers are getting canceled, that's my that's my family. The Hafer army is uh, it's the Swifties and the Hafers are going to combat each other. Yeah. Oh my gosh how, how how are things going? I am so glad you're finally on the podcast. And on a day like today, we have a lot to talk about. We yeah. have Miami reunion happening. We have Orange County finally back after whatever scheduling nonsense yeah. they've been going through this season. It's it's strange. I feel like Orange County has been off the air like every other week for the last month. And then, yeah, the, well, I mean, there is a certain thing, and I know we, we probably sound a little uh, crazy when we say this, but there's a thing as rhythm in these shows. And mm-hmm. it upsets the rhythm of you get into a storyline and then you have to take a week off and there's so many other options. So then you come back and you have to reintroduce yourself to the feelings that you were hyped about two weeks ago. And th- those really do affect me. And I actually, I'm one of the, I think, in the minority of people that really dig OC this season. Like, it's, I dig it. It's just weird. I, I like it. Okay, that's interesting because I feel like I am not disliking this season, but I don't know... I do feel like they've had a little bit of trouble keeping that momentum. And I think part of it is with the scheduling, like, especially the storylines that I'm a little more on the fence of how much I care. It's like, wow, it feels like it's been a long time that we've been hearing that uh, maybe Shannon could be jealous of Gina's friendship with Heather. And and we come back to this episode and it's like that seed has just... It, really actually just been planted and we're sort of talking about it for the first time and it's like I no but I've been talking about this for a month and we see in the preview for next week that gets brought up again when Heather and Gina are in New York and Emily calls them over FaceTime going guess what Shannon said about you you know so it <laughs> it really is the continuing it's it's the Lucy Lucy apple juice in personification form you know yes and I'm like when is when is Noella's uh you know counseling or whatever's happened like it feels like all of these storylines are sort of happening in slow motion and maybe that's partially the way it's happening on the show but I do think the scheduling makes a difference I'm excited to see that New York trip though I feel like we've been hearing about it for six years at this point what I I totally but there's also I think there's a quality about OC that's very Stepford Wives very and especially when you that last scene with Terry and Jen and Ryan and all of their friends and they're like Terry's like it's like all fake laughter and we're gonna teach you how to be in relationships and which kind of wasn't didn't that seem like a backdoor pilot like backdoor entrance to their pilot their their show the seven year itch that they're doing on E? Right that Heather has decided she's sort of trying to take both Jen and Gina under her wing this season. She's like, okay, so I'm doing the closet clean out with Gina at two. And then at six, I have uh, the Ryan and Jen coming over and I'm going to fix their marriage. And I, I, it makes sense on an individual level, kind of why Heather is playing this role with each of those women. But when you, when you realize that half of this episode was Heather working on her projects as in the other two women, it's like, oh, this is, this is actually taking up a lot of the airtime. 
But Dylan, don't you think that's how exactly how they proposed it to Heather? Of you're <laughs> going to be the matriarch. You're going to come in and you're going to do projects. You're they're going to listen to you. And Noella is the only thorn in her side. The only unfortunate thing about Noella is she's Franken Noella. She's she's pieced together from all of these housewives over the last 16 years, and this is the culmination of that. And it still, to me, rings somewhat false, Noella. Like, but at the same time, I appreciate that she's like the only foil for Heather Debro. Yeah, and it makes me wonder what was Noella's game plan going into the season before all of the stuff with her marriage fell off the tracks because it's like was she going was she coming in thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to go after Heather all season long," or did she still think that some of her other friends, i.e. Bronwyn, were going to be in the picture? Like you We'll never know because that's obviously not the way the cookie crumbled, but it does kind of make you wonder if what would her potential be if she wasn't sort of sidetracked with all of the personal life stuff she's had to deal with this season? Because, I mean, let's be honest, her divorce situation seems kind of wild, but the way that it's being portrayed on the show, it kind of is a little bit of an afterthought to me. Like, I... I don't feel like I'm getting more invested as the season goes along. I'm kind of like, yeah, sounds like he uh, (laughs) did her wrong. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, sounds like a divorce. Yeah, like that sounds. And well, the only interesting thing is that now it seems like potentially nobody will film with Noella. So we got whoever her friend was last night of like, yes, let's have a champagne moment. Yeah, let's do charcuterie. Like they had this scene of like, how did the mediation go? (laughs) And she's like, it went really, it went good. And it was just... I love when they have to bring in somebody from the outside to do a scene with somebody that I assume they don't want to film with anymore. Right, because for, I mean, it's it feels weird that there have only been like 11 episodes so far this season, but we've basically seen each woman in the cast sort of take their turn at a one-on-one scene with Noella that kind of goes the same every time because it's always, yeah, so it's been, I haven't heard from James, but... The forensic accountants have located him and you'll never guess where he is. It feels like this is kind of this like serialized plot that we're just checking in on a little bit every week because we can't ignore it. Yeah. But they haven't really made it the storyline of the group, which I think if you think about something like Erica's stuff on Beverly Hills last season, if it was just Erica sort of in her solo scenes being sad the whole season, it wouldn't have been the kind of must-see TV storyline that it was. It was the fact that every time the group was together, it became, we're going to talk about this, we're going to unpack this, there's going to be layers of tension surrounding it, and everybody has to kind of get involved. Whereas with Noella, it's like, wow, it seems rough that Noella is still going through that over there, but I don't really want to uh, talk about it that much. Well, I mean, I think that's also because, you know, Erica Jane, we've had, you know, so many seasons with her. We've, you know, we know all of that. Even, Even the Jen Shaw stuff, we don't really fully get invested in because she's in her second season. I mean, you know, now that she, now they pushed her court tape back and we're going to get a third season. So that's gives us time to like fan her even like, I guess, fangirl over her a little bit more. She has the opportunity, but other than that, it's like, Noella, we we're not invested because we don't even know who you are yet. Right. It would have been a lot, uh, I think better for her arc as a housewife. If this divorce had happened in a season or two after she had been on the show. And so, you know, sweet James Bergener really could have done us all a favor by waiting a year to leave his, uh, <laughs> to leave his yeah, wife. He really screwed her by doing it the first season, which, uh, I mean, and he comes on and he says like, and I love this. I wish there was a documentary on this of that. She's been trying to get on this show for years and years. And I want a documentary about that. I want, it's, it seems like a beauty pageant almost. Like I always compare it to like SNL tryouts now where Every comedian out there is trying out for SNL and it's like every bizarre housewife like in any kind of city is after this job. Right. If you see somebody doing like characters on TikTok, they would love to be on SNL. Know that. Um, (laughs) It is funny. Like the idea now that being a housewife is such a culturally ingrained thing. It's been around for a long time. There have been different sort of iterations of it. It really is a thing that people try and build their lives to be housewifeable. I mean, Je- you know, Jennifer Aiden did it too. I w- 
I was just going to say, Jennifer Aiden, I think, is sort of the textbook example. That big-ass house, her whole, you know, Chanel being a personality trait, all of that stuff. And I think that's part of why on Jersey, somebody like Margaret Joseph's sort of doesn't want to fuck with Jennifer because she's like, your whole thing is fake. Like, I don't want to even give you the satisfaction of treating all of this like it's authentic because uh, that's not, uh, I'm not going to pretend just so you can like feel your fantasy of yeah. being a housewife. Well, yeah, I mean, you, Jennifer, it always seems like like a bad improviser at times where she's like, okay, good, good. You threw that at me. Now I'm going to throw all of them. I have this all built up. I'm going to throw it all at, you know, like even uh, this week's episode was a perfect example at the house when, you know, it all got busted up after the conversation with Louie and, and Jennifer like immediately went in on Jackie of like, how dare you try to be my friend? And it was like all of a sudden just word vomit out where it was like, girl, like, yo, slow down. But I feel like she has that in her because she's ready to go. Yeah, she's in an interesting spot because the reason that Jackie's uh, olive branch friendship to her was so meaningful was because she was kind of in a position of not having many people on her side. And so it's kind of funny that one week later, there's a blow up and all of a sudden Jennifer is like, yeah, fuck you too. I don't want your friendship. And it's like, okay, but actually you, you, you kind of... That was going to be helpful for you to have. <laughs> well, there, there. That's what the other great thing about these shows now, going so deep. We had so many seasons. Is that there is this survivor element to it. There is this Big Brother. Ele- there is a game element to it that it didn't start off like a game, but it now has become like chess pieces. Like we're going to need this relationship later. We're going to need, and people are genuinely. Some of them are are treating this like a game, and they're playing it to its its full effect. Yeah, and I think. You're right that it takes a while to build that up. And with Jersey having the exact same cast for four seasons now, whether or not these women are, you know, best friends outside the show, I don't really care because we've seen enough of the, you know, they've done the work on camera so that I don't have to believe that they're a real friend group because they have this history that I know on the show. Whereas something I think with Salt Lake, has been a little bit of struggle. And I think OC this season too, it still feels like we've kind of all just been brought here together to do this show. And, you know, they're, the maneuvering is happening. They're, they're still putting in the work, I think, but it doesn't feel as, you know, it doesn't have the same kind of weight to it as it does with Jersey where I'm like, whether or not, whether or not Margaret and Jennifer are ever going to see each other when there's not a camera present, they've done enough, They've spent enough time together on the show that it's like, yeah, this feels real. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's it, uh, it, it's interesting too, and that's why I think a show like uh, Miami is actually is like going like gangbusters because to me that's like classic coke. That's like, oh, okay, this is good. It's like, it, you know, we're dealing with relationships with women. We're we're on a first season, but some are established from like eight years ago from from the you know Miami. Like for some reason, it really works, and it's. It, it's kind of refreshing to see Miami as opposed to all of these other shows that we're watching now on, on, on actual Bravo, but the Peacock one for me, I don't know if you feel the same way. It just, to me, it works. Yeah. I think they did an outstanding job with the casting for this reboot, because I think obviously when they first announced it, it was always assumed that some of the women would be coming back that were on the first iteration of Miami um, and that there would probably be some new people. And obviously, even though Miami was only on for three seasons before, there were quite a few people that were in and out of the cast. And so they could have gone in different directions with it. Bringing Larsa back was certainly a choice, one that I wasn't necessarily on board with when it was first, when the news first came out, because it seemed like kind of a ploy to get attention that it's like, we know Larsa kind of has this platform aside from being a housewife. And so we know that it'll kind of get eyes on the show and it could have, I think it could have gone really badly and lucky for them. Larsa Pippen came to play this season. And I think she, (laughs) I think she did, you know, I think she kind of understood the assignment coming back. And I think she is never going to be the most 
forthcoming person. She's never going to want to talk about certain things as much as you might like her to. Are you, are you talking about her ass implant? <laughs> <laughs> what ass implant, Ryan? <laughs> that is natural curves. I am an. I <laughs> okay, so Ryan, you need to understand. Before she was, before she wasn't even a hundred pounds, and now yeah, she's one hundred forty. Her entire body is different. She did, the, she did the nose, she did the lips, and she did the boobs a long time ago. But the ass, and then Adriana's like the way though, the way that it, the way that it hits your legs and your butt, the way, the way that it, that it shapes around your butt and your legs. Like I love Larsa. It doesn't look human. <laughs> it's so great. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around, the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe, and you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. I think that has been a really important ingredient this season that even if Larsa and Adriana haven't seen each other once in the last 10 years, you can tell they hated each other that whole fucking time. And it has been just this like delicious, you know, the re it is a reboot. You know, it feels like so much time has passed, but also nothing has changed yeah. in the best way possible. But you know, what's great too, is that with Larsa, especially, I love that she's there because, you know, she was season one and then we didn't get to see her in the next two seasons of Miami but if you look at her season one and her now not even just looks but even just in her whole life has changed like mm -hmm. she is a personification of the Kardashianism of America like she is from where we saw her where she was a you know a beautiful woman married to Scottie Pippen and you know but she is so different now and to watch that change to be able to see that change I think is so important of it really or the yassification of Larza you know it's <laughs> it, we get to see this like whoa this is this is a wild change and she you know she's still her she's still but it, you you see what time does you see what surgeries do now somewhere like Alexia she's really stayed the same I mean she's like a beautiful lady still but I remember Alexia you know now is the same way as I rem remembered her back then Right. And she hasn't, obviously she's gone through a lot in her life with, you know, she and Herman broke up and he died and now she's with Whoa. Todd and man, the Herman. Thing. Yeah. I mean, she, she clearly has been on a journey the last 10 years, but not in the same way of personal reinvention that Larsa has. And I think 
that's kind of a fun juxtaposition because you have people like Alexia and Marisol who really have not changed fundamentally in the last 10 years. You know, Marisol is always going to be the pot stirrer. She's always going to be, you know, I know everyone in Miami and I'm going to tell it like it is. I am to see Mama Elsa a little bit more in her though. Do you know, like with the age, you're like, oh wow, I'm seeing Elsa, you know? Right. And I think watching that kind of dynamic paired up with somebody like Larsa, somebody like Nicole has been really exciting because Nicole, you know, she's in her thirties. She's a lot younger. She's a lot. I think she just kind of has a different attitude about how stuff should be handled and about how social situations work. And so, but, but at the same time, she's born and raised in Miami. She has the Cuban heritage too. She has, her family has been through a lot. The stuff with her dad is, you know, intense. And so it's like all of these women, I think can really understand each other and relate to each other. But at the same time, they're so different and watching that kind of power struggle dynamic has been really great this season. Yeah. And, and I like it that, I mean, we, to bring it up again, but I like that it's not revolving around a crime, you know, <laughs> like it's yeah. where there's not a, <laughs> did they do it? Did, I mean, maybe we'll get there in, you know, when the reboot gets a second season, but it's kind of nice where it's like, Oh yeah, just used to be about, women talking about each other's looks and the relationships with their families and dating and love and all of this stuff. And it's kind of nice to deal with some of that pettiness rather than the pettiness that comes with federal crimes. Right. I think there is a time and a place for both, but I definitely, (laughs) I, I definitely don't want every show all the time to be on a level like it is with Salt Lake, where it feels like, how are we even supposed to talk about this half the time? It's like, I I keep saying, it's like full on Twin Peaks. It's like, I (laughs) I I don't even know how to explain it to people when I explain it, because none of the scene, it's like everybody's in their different show, and the way that Jen Shaw ends up looking good by the end of this season, like, blew my mind. Like, I was like, I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world for Jen Shaw to agree to do this. And then by the end, I was like, well, lucky her. She was on a season where everybody out crazied her, her crime, you know, like everybody outdid that where Jen, I, I found myself laughing at what Jen was saying by the end. And I was like, oh my God, like I was fully like, that's when the power of TV is amazing. And she really played it well, but she also had all these people that were doing so much uh, beside her, like Meredith and Mary and, and uh, you know, Jenny. Yeah, Jenny, um, <laughs> Jenny, Jenny fumbled that bag so bad. I just, I mean, some of the women on this show, it's like, I, you are on a show where one of the women has been indicted on these fraud charges for allegedly scamming elderly people. And she might go to prison for like 50 years. And at least two of the women in the cast have managed to make themselves look worse than her this season. <laughs> and it's like, it, it is one of those things where it's like, obviously y- y- people have different personalities and y- you know, not everyone is everyone's cup of tea. Like I know, I know a lot of people can't stand Lisa Barlow. And to me, she is just brilliant television all now, the time. I, I got on the Lisa Barlow. <laughs> I didn't like her the first season, really jumped on the Lisa Barlow train about halfway through the second season. And I really, I really love the energy she's bringing. Yeah, but I, Jen, I think you're exactly right. This season, she obviously she's had her rough moments. Like the bus to Zion was, you know, that kind of side that we saw of her a lot in the first season, and why I think people were sort of gleeful when she got arrested, almost because it was like, oh, this crazy bitch. Like she is also e- literally evil. But then you see her when she is kind of, I think when she's in a more comfortable setting or when she is not under that intense pressure, she's funny. She can be a really nice person. I think people people in her life like her for real reasons. And watching her even on the reunion, it's like, yeah, she's like, I don't know. She's entertaining. She's fun to watch. A lot of people said great things about Bernie Madoff. Like, I mean, like these people aren't, (laughs) nobody's like an evil supervillain like we see in like movies. I mean, maybe Putin. But other than that, there's not like, (laughs) there's not like these, like Jen, of course, Jen also to do what Jen is accused of doing has to be one of the most charming. You have to be charming. You have to be relatable to be able to pull off what she did. And I think that's why it's so interesting, the dynamic between her and the other ladies, because 
Jen, even in that bus as I am, like, she, she flung herself at Mary physically, and we're still... They're still scared of Mary. They're still they're still scared yeah. of Jen. Uh, Jen, I mean, they're still scared of her. Where they're playing Jen's game, and that's why I was like, they need they need a real big break from Jen to kind of snap the toxic relationship between all of those girls. Because whatever Jen has on Heather Gay, I I will never understand in a million years. But they she needs to go away and not talk to these ladies for a while to snap whatever power she has over them right now. Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm I'm curious what production is kind of doing to regroup now that that trial is not happening until July because I think everyone is just assuming that the plan was that it was going to be a major storyline in season three they're filming right now and it was supposed to start this month so it'll be really fascinating to see kind of what they decide to do with the season arc because I think there were some people that were critical this season of why they weren't spending more time talking about what was going on with Jen. And then that trickled into social media. Like I run a Bravo Instagram account and I've gotten comments and DMs and stuff. They're like, why aren't you people posting about what Jen did? Like you talk about Erica and it's like, because there's nothing happening right now. There haven't been really. Stuart's getting sentenced today. I read. So we'll see what happens. uh, Yeah. There. so since since Stu took the plea and then there were like some pretrial motions about not wanting the jurors to see the footage, whatever, that kind of stuff. But there just hasn't been very much happening. And that we've seen that on the show where it's like, yeah, there's actually kind of like more pressing issues. And then obviously down the road, we will be talking lots about Jen. But all of a sudden, that's probably not going to happen on season three. Well, Unless I, they do some kind of, I don't know, time jump and, and wait and keep filming. But it's like, that's going to be tricky. Well, I mean, I was wondering, like, because we saw the ratings for this past season. It kept going down, down, down. A lot of people blamed Jenny. A lot of people blamed, like, extended storylines. You know, everybody had their uh, Monday yeah. morning quarterback reasons. But you got to say, though, if the ratings are going down, I personally love the show. I do love these ladies together. I mean, but how do you retool if the thing is to sell ads? How do you retool now when you did lose your plot? Because I know it. you're right. They thought, yo, we have the gen thing. That is money in the bank. We got that. But if you all of a sudden that gets taken away, I mean, is are we going to do like Heather's Mormon thing again? Like, are we what? what Mary's gone. We we can't investigate her church. What, what where are we going? They have to have some other plan or I would love. That's why I, I someday wish. We would have a Bravo documentary of what goes on in production, and they, they they show it to us five years after the fact, so it doesn't ruin any current plot lines. But I want to know those conversations that go on. Like, do they think about it less than we do? Because I feel like sometimes us, we're like thinking every angle, and the fans are thinking about it so many different ways. And I wonder if production's thinking it about it nearly as much as we are. Right? They're like, no, we literally just show up and film what happens. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, babe, sometimes there's just not that much of a storyline. <laughs> I hope we get to see Jen Shaw move again. What if she downgrades to a, a 2,000 square foot place, you know? I um I would like to see her make do in Gina's house. Oh, my. See, there's always a good wife swap. Bravo wife swap would be amazing oh, at a certain point. That could be on Peacock. I know they're looking for for content ideas. That um, I <laughs> we did finally get to see Heather Dubrow at Gina's house this week, and I it didn't disappoint for me. She By was the like way, very Heather Dubrow, very kind about Gina's uh, condo. Very different than what we saw Shannon last season do. Very kind. Brought over you know jackets to try it on. Like didn't. Didn't freak out about her crawl space. Made a couple jokes that they were light and classy. I mean, Heather is Heather's wild, right? I think Heather made an astute, you know, observation that six kids sharing one bathroom is, in fact, a lot. They, they, they keep it so clean, though, Dylan. They keep it. She said they keep it so clean. You wouldn't even. Know. I know. You wouldn't even know. Yeah, it's the house is immaculate. I would love to know how long Gina spent cleaning before the cameras showed up that day. Well, I want to know where she put the six kids. Were they in the closet? Did they get covered up with the clothes? Like, where are the six kids? She's like, Travis, I need you to get the kids out of the house for three hours. Heather Dubrow's coming over, and I have to look put together. <laughs> yeah, I... 
I love seeing her in the prom dress, though. She looks great. She, he, I like Gina. Gina's energy is great this season. I love Emily's energy this season too. There, I do think yeah, for do too, yeah. for all the gripes about kind of OC being boring or slow this season, I do think the cast for the most part is kind of firing on all cylinders and I'm I'm enjoying their dynamics with each other. I don't mind it at all. In fact, it just you know what I think it makes it worse though is that when you have the outside housewives, you know, you're you're always going to have the the Tamara, Kelly, Vicky contingent, not only themselves saying we need to be back on the show, but you have the hardcore fans, you know, like a Christian and all, you know, they always just scream like we need, you know, and it's like yeah. I always think these shows you know, these no lady should be, you know, that's why I didn't agree with Bethany coming back to New York again if she's being considered because the show has to be the star. Like, these ladies are a byproduct of the show, but the show is number one. And if somebody mm. tries to rise above and become supreme, I think that's not good for the overall show. And we need to get the health of the show up first before we then let star, which by, I sound insane, Dylan. I said we need to get the health of the show up and then we create stars. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we're in like a cabinet meeting deciding what the you know policy well, should this be. This is our state of the union, and our, I, believe, <laughs> I believe the union is strong right now. Yeah, my state of the union on Tuesday was that New Jersey was on, so that's what <laughs> that's what I was watching. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Speaking of New Jersey, I saw um, Jackie did an interview this week with Bryce Sander, I think, oh, I where she it. was talking about how obviously everybody has to pay respect to Teresa for everything that she's done and been on the show for so long and really carried it and shown us so much, but that it is an ensemble show and that it's not just about even like for Teresa to say that it's the Teresa show or to call herself the goat. It's like in a way. Yeah. But also I don't understand. It's always been strange to me. People who watch these shows and don't actually like anyone other than like their favorite or don't enjoy watching anybody who's not their favorite. And it's like, then you're going to have like 46 minutes of show that isn't going to be very enjoyable to you. And I've always felt like I would rather 
for the most part, just kind of vibe with everyone and yeah. just yeah. let it wash I mean, over me. Though I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and I do, I do sometimes agree where, like, I think Teresa potentially has gotten. I mean, just give her the spinoff already. Like, I don't know if she really belongs there because there is this the hierarchy there of like this respect that needs to be given to Teresa. And then we, you know, we get like, Louis didn't sign up for this. And it's like, yeah, Louis did sign up for that. Like Louis, you know, and, and this week I thought it was very fascinating getting into the Louis stuff a little bit more of like, I'm not intimidated by nothing. And like, you got to listen tree, you got to, or I'm going to walk away. Like, like she's like, you got to train her like a dog. Like it's the only way she learns. It's the only way she learns. And he's looking like the flipping Kool-Aid man, like just bright red. (laughs) Like he was purple last week. He's red this week. I mean, those things are fascinating, but overall, I don't know if it will have, it'll work long-term for the overall, like you said, group dynamic of that show to have somebody that, like Teresa, who's pointing out how upset they are when anybody asks anything about her life. Yeah, and I think going, tying it all back into Miami, I think that's one thing that was really strong this season with the cast is that it didn't really ever feel like there was one person kind of rising above the level of anybody else. Of course, I feel like Alexia kind of has the, you know, center diamond energy a little bit in the cast, but I don't think it's in a way where she feels like she's better than everyone there. And even, you know, we had six housewives and three friends and it kind of felt like everybody, all nine of them were on an even playing field, maybe minus Kiki, but you know, Marisol and Adriana were undoubtedly just yeah. as involved in the drama oh, yeah. as a Gertie or a Julia. And I, I think that really benefited the show because it felt like we had the full toolkit there and whichever pieces you took out, you were going to be able to put something together and make it work. Whereas I think when you have a show where there, and I think OC is a little bit like this with Heather this season, that when you have one person who kind of doesn't quite fit in with the full picture of the group and is kind of on a on a little bit of a pedestal it's like it's hard to well, for everything to feel as kind of natural flowing yeah and i can see that's probably why you know as much as i love leah black i i can see why they didn't bring her back in a lot of ways you know like i think that is probably one of the things that got brought up too of like you know leah would probably potentially try to be that person and 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 i think it might have outgrown Leah a little bit and they're looking to bring in you know let's bring in new ladies I thought you know so I totally understood now I understand why they did that I am I yeah I have to say I enjoyed Leah Black a lot on the show before but I think I'm pretty glad that she wasn't on this season because I think as much as as funny as she is as I think as good of a person as she is and as messy as she can be, I just don't think she really would have gelled with the, with the dynamic they were putting together this season. And I can't really imagine her really getting into it with somebody like Nicole or even with, you know, like new Larsa and Lisa. Like I just, I just feel like the vibe has shifted a little bit and I think she would have sucked a lot of the air out of the room. And I don't think they, I don't think they needed somebody like that this season. Yeah, no, exactly. I thought that was a, uh, in retrospect, you know, as much as I was bummed when I first heard it, I'm like, oh yeah, that actually totally makes sense. And, and yeah, Leah's great. If you hear her on a podcast or her own show, like she, she's always going to be funny, always opinionated. Um, but yeah, it just wouldn't have worked in that dynamic that they had, you know, cause I think she, we would have just gotten a lot of Jim Halpert office looks to the camera of like, who the F is this from Leah, you know? <laughs> right. She, she'd be like, Gertie, who the fuck is Gertie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you, what, what is that? A baby rattle? Gertie? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I do think this season has been great. And I mean, the story that Julia told at the reunion about, um, what happened with the nanny at her son that died and then the father of her son that got shot by his girlfriend. That was truly so wild. And now I kind of want to know more. Like I maybe season two, we can have a little bit of like searching for the nanny storyline. I mean, Julia, she's got like, there's some, there's some real darkness and you can tell by looking at her, she is war torn. Like that is a, an undercover beast. And I say that in the nice, like, like she's a warrior. Like that lady has seen some crap. And like, I mean, when she looks at you, there are certain looks that I see her like give where I'm just like, Oh my God, I would not, 
you know, in the way she keeps trying to come for Larza to protect uh, Adriana cracks me up. But I feel like that's the tip of the iceberg for her. I feel like she's going to keep unloading stories that are going to, you know, blow our hair back next season. Totally. And I think when I when I first saw her and Martina, I was like, okay, so Martina is you know, older and she has this hot model wife and that's kind of the visual that you get. But there's a lot more to Julia than just kind of the trophy wife type of thing. And it's been, I think it's been fun this season to kind of unpack her layers a little bit more. And I agree that there's probably still a lot there. And um, her relationship with Adriana... (laughs) It's just like such a mystery. And there is something very, I mean, and I don't mean this in a heterosexual kind of way, but there is something very exciting to the fact of like Adriana gets a little older and she's like, why not a lady? You know, like she loves me. (laughs) She loves the real Adriana. You know, like I think there is something interesting to explore because that's what they keep hitting us over the head with of their relationship. But I, I kind of love that little Thelma and Louise vibe you get from them sometimes. Yeah, and it's it's exciting to watch them kind of defend each other because so much of the time on Housewives, we see friendships where it's like, is this just a friendship of convenience or do you actually, is this, how deep do these roots go? And with them, you can totally tell that they really have that deep connection with each other. Whereas maybe <laughs> we see uh, there's a moment in the first part of the reunion where Larsa and Lisa are like backstage with each other and they're kind of on different pages of how much Lisa should be sticking up for Larsa. And I kind of, I liked sort of the honesty of that moment where Lisa's like, I mean, if I'm, if I don't agree with something that's being said, I'm happy to call it out. But like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm not going to fight your fights. Like, okay. They're talking about your OnlyFans. Like, I don't like, that's not my business. Well, just I, but structurally also, I love that this was on Peacock. So we did. I feel like that was definitely a decision to keep cutting away to like the breaks and stuff like that. And I, mm-hmm. I always love that stuff. And it gave us the opportunity to see that multiple times on the first part. And I like so I'm like I I got. I mean I'm I don't get paid by Peacock, but I really have enjoyed every Peacock thing I've seen so far. Yeah, I. I liked that this is a two-part reunion, but at least this first episode was like 55 minutes long. So yeah. there's a little bit of a little bit of extra time in there to just kind of give us some breathing room, I think, and be able to put in more of those moments where if it was if they had said it was two parts and it had to be 43 minutes to fit yeah. perfectly on Bravo, some of that stuff probably would have gotten left on the cutting room floor, or we wouldn't have gotten the amazing moment of Andy just being like pissed off at Lisa for being late and saying that she can't put on her jewelry. Yeah, we're, She's like, she's like, what? No jewelry. No, you don't want like, jewelry. Like, if you want the jewelry on your body, just put the fucking jewelry on your body. I don't care. Dude. I love you. By the way, we will see Andy at some point combust on a reunion. He will just, it'll be a big bang kind of a thing because you see like Andy is, I mean, he's it's just so funny. Like he must just be so just his nerves have to be shot. Like there's got to be a desensit. Like he's got to be desensitized completely. I mean, because it is hysterical what this man has to put up with on a now. Like it seems like every two months has to do one of these reunions. You know. Yeah, and then not to mention five times a week he's doing Watch What Happens Live, which is sort of like a mini version, especially when there are housewives on the show, because it's just it's always something. <laughs> well, I mean, I do. And I love the moment where Andy said he got bored over pandemic, so he he dabbled with OnlyFans. Oh like he he dabbled. By the way, I want to like Andy. What's, what, he goes, well, how it worked. Like he he knew how it kind of worked because he got bored during pandemic, which I thought was a great uh, tagline for OnlyFans. Like when you're bored during a pandemic, OnlyFans. Yeah, like show of hands, who who on earth is surprised that Andy Cohen has spent money on OnlyFans? Like, okay, yeah, we, I assumed you know. <laughs> but, also, but also the, I mean, that's what I would love to see some of those OnlyFans DMs of Andy. Like, come on, give give it to me for free. Can I just get a pick? Like, I want to, I want to the back and forth. I would love to see with some of these guys. Um, yeah, based on. Uh, information that is out there in the ether. I feel like Andy Cohen's uh, OnlyFans following would be pretty interesting. Like, <laughs> 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 um, But 
Yeah, I I do. I just I like Larsa explaining her whole deal with OnlyFans and stuff will always be so entertaining to me because I don't know how much of it I believe, but at the same time, I don't really care when yeah. she's talking about. I mean, every time she implies that she could date a trucker from Minnesota, she should get a raise because it's like so ridiculous. <laughs> but well, at the yeah, same time, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, go go off, get your get that money. I mean, I there is something I did wonder too is that like the divorce wasn't finalized until the very end. Could Scotty have asked for fifty percent of her OnlyFans money if she was making literally that much money doing OnlyFans? Um. I have a feeling that there was like a cutoff date, like what? Because don't when you file, like when you file for divorce, isn't there, like, isn't it well, like from that I, point, I like your assets are divor- separate? I have been divorced, okay. but I have not been in a Scotty Pippen type job ever, so I've never right. had to. Um, but uh, yeah, there is the date of separation uh, that comes right. into play, but at the same time, it seems like Scotty has still been paying for her lifestyle even before that, or like even in the interim uh, since the divorce has been announced. But Ryan, she earned that. She earned that. She made. She, you guys, I she earned made it, Andy. One, one million dollars a day on OnlyFans. Larza makes one million dollars a day, and good for her. Yeah. I, Oh god! And no, she's I, never done nude. She's never done a nude shoot. You guys, never. She's like for she's like for a hundred million dollars. Maybe I would take a picture of my boobs. <laughs> okay, sure. Like, you do. I love the desperation too with Adriana, where that's like where her ears perk up. Of like, damn it, I would do that on OnlyFans. Like you could like, why did I know about this? Yeah, I yeah I I mean this in the nicest way possible, but I don't think. Adriana is meant to be on OnlyFans. I just don't see it in the cards for her. No, I mean, but I love, but I love her. I think I, I would love another uh, hit song from her. I mean, she, she really yeah. loves people who don't know. She does the Miami theme song. Like that's iconic. I know. Can you? Well, I, <laughs> I'm excited to see part two of this reunion and the OC reunion. They're going to tape soon. Andy, you know, tweeted out asking for questions. Um, but I'm so glad that you were able to come by and talk about oh both my of God. these shows. Wait, 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 real quick. I, what, 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 Ryan, what was your thought on the very end with Ryan and the socks? Oh, and the, I mean, and the, well, Dr. Jen just getting tanked. Like that to me was such an interesting scene because you know, he didn't have his dog as protection, which by the way, very much Kin and Jiggy vibes with Ryan and the dog. And, uh, I mean, but like, I, I think there definitely is something more going on with Ryan in, in terms of like, just how his physical makeup is. I think there is a little, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond him just like, Oh, he gets weird around people. I think there's an actual thing happening. Yes. And I think we're, we're getting a very specific part of the story that may or may not be, um, real with that couple. I don't know how much you've paid attention to the legal stuff about Jen that's kind of been bubbling under the surface, but that was kind of going on some of these lawsuits and stuff at the same time that they were filming. And it really, it just, I feel like I have a very poor handle on the reality of their situation as a couple. And so I definitely was very entertained watching Jen... (laughs) you know, lose her shit at this party and, you know, watching all of Heather's stepford wife robot friends kind of, (laughs) they're like, no, 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 that's not, that's not how we do dinner. That's not how, that's not right. (laughs) The darkest moment was when they finally leave and then Terry goes, nice people, but totally hopeless. (laughs) And then they all laugh. Like they all shared this rich person laugh together where it was like, this is exactly how I picture rich people being after I leave a room, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was so dark, but also I just can't get past the fact that Dr. Jen has a cement leg. Like that's where I, I was like, what? She has a cement leg. Like that's, I'm totally fixated on if her, how, how much her leg weighs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I uh, no, I mean that scene was just yeah, it was like a slow motion train wreck really. Um and you know, best of luck to Jen and Ryan on whatever's going on there. But by the way, wait, wait, wait and the last thing, but I think Dr. Jen I love this episode because she got messy and I think that does sometimes make a great housewife and she's been criticized for really not bringing her A game or not, you know, being as extra as Noelle has been. And it's really nice to actually see, okay, like, hey, that's pretty fascinating to watch somebody get wasted at a party where they know they shouldn't get wasted and really not even realize 
uh, I thought that was really interesting human behavior. Right. Like, let's, uh, I, I, I hope we don't just not revisit what happened at that party. Like, I know Heather's busy going to New York next week or something, but like, let's circle back to Dr. Jen getting hammered at the nice fancy dinner. Well, cause you, you get, you get the sense that Ryan won't say anything the next day. Like Ryan was like, uh, yeah. And then he was just talking to the driver, like, Hey, how much cardio do you do before you wake up in the morning? Like, it was just like, it, they, they weren't even having a conversation. Like I have a feeling Dr. Jen's going to wake up and not even realize something went wrong. Exactly. She's going to be like, oh, I feel kind of hungover today. That's that's annoying. <laughs> but I guess I have to go to work. Yeah. Bye, Ryan. Put yeah. on a shirt. Like, <laughs> uh, well, Ryan, yeah. thank you. Ra- or Ryan. Ra- Ryan. Are, are we yeah, doing Ryan, Ryan or Ryan, Ryan these you. days? R-Y-N-E. It's like an orange Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that would, okay. Uh, ju- just like the river. Uh, but thank you so much for coming. I'm glad we were finally able yes. to make this happen. I'm so excited. Thank you. And and please, any you have an open invite anytime you ever want to talk even more to come on my <laughs> podcast. You are just a genius. So uh, thanks for having me today. Amazing. And speaking of your podcast, remind everyone where they can listen to you and follow you and everything. Oh, yeah. It's uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. We do a bunch of episodes uh, during the week. Like we had... Tiffany Moon this week, and then we had Alana Ubach who plays Suze on Euphoria, mm. and she's incre- like legally blonde, all that stuff. So it kind of goes through the pop culture gamut, or that's kind of what it's getting steered towards. So it's a lot. So just pick episodes that seem fascinating to you to give it a shot. <laughs> but if not, there's so many great podcasts out there right now. And the same thing with Instagram. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey, and I just make I make corny jokes, you guys. So if you're into that, come follow me there. Amazing. And while you're at it, don't forget to rate, review, and follow Mention It All so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.